0: Keep your hands and head inside the vehicle at all times, buckle your seatbelts, check your mirrors, sit on back and relax. It's lights out and away we go for the Tall and Short of It podcast. All right, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tall and Short of It podcast coming to you live from the office. I'm yours, Justin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm Aaron. Welcome back, everyone. We've got a, a good episode ahead of you today. Some quick hitters as always, uh, into F1 talk. Uh, and then we had plenty of League of Legends with MSI wrapping up this past week. But Justin, it's good to see you, man.
0: Yeah, good to see you too. Feels like uh feels like forever and a day all uh, all existing at the same time. Uh happy to be back. But uh let's start this episode off with a with a good old rose thorn and seed.
1: Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll hit it off here for my rows this week. Uh, I got a couple more runs in since the last episode of the podcast. Knees are still holding up. I'm I'm still taking it easy. Um, the pace I'm running is it, like feels pretty good too. And I feel like just in those few runs, I've already like started to get a little bit better with my cardio, uh, pretty quickly. So I'm glad to see that, uh, pick up, but I still have a little ways to go before I'm where I want, but it's a, it's definitely a good start. Um, but my, uh, my thorn this week is, uh, shifting over to work. I know oftentimes it is, but, uh, today was just rough. It was like, I have, I have all my ducks in a row. Like my, my, property manager is she's like really on top of stuff uh and everything but she's always like worried that we're gonna for like forget something or miss something i have not missed anything with any of my stuff i've had everything ready for my people when they're coming to pick up keys move in like everything's good no issues if it's like last minute it's last minute but everything's always ready and my one coworker, um, he just has, he he's like slipped a little lately and today like had an apartment that had not been cleaned at all. And the people were like moving in today and like they were supposed to move in a couple of days ago, but they pushed it back and the apartment, like we knew the apartment wasn't ready and he never, he just never got it. Together. And then I'm like having to get thrown in to helping, like, go through this apartment, check all the little things. Oh, this is dirty, pulling out all the drawers. Oh, do we need to like vacuum these out? Oh, like, what needs to be? So I have to go in and make like take a half hour of my day making a list of things that I'm like, hey, it's like 11 in the morning. These people said they're moving in at one. Like we got to get these things done to get this yeah. apartment in condition that someone can move in. Like I, but it gets frustrating. Cause like I have in the next like month and a half, I have probably 20 some move-ins. He's got like three and I've got my desk. My desk looks crazy. I've got, just lines of manila folders with each of these people's like reservations, leases, like all these things. I've got it all. Like I apologize to everyone who comes into my office. I'm like, I'm sorry it's a mess. And everyone's like, this is the most organized mess I've ever seen. And I'm like, I appreciate that. It's still a mess. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, like there's no room for you to set anything on my, on my desktop right now. Um, but it's just frustrating. Cause I'm like, really busting my ass to try and like keep on top of my stuff because there's so much of it uh and then to have to get thrown in to like help sort of fix other people's mistakes like i'm i'm willing to do it like we're a team i want to make sure that i'm helping out wherever i'm needed but i have plenty of other things that i could be like doing to to keep myself in order uh, mm-hmm. let alone these extras, so it was a a bit frustrating on the day uh just another another folder on the pile basically so
0: of course, damn you hate when uh yeah you know uh having to contribute to like somebody else's workload um yeah that's just got to be very frustrating and then being the uh higher up it's gonna fall on to you um so yeah Yeah. and and the guy is that frustration
1: and it's it's even tougher because like i really like the guy as a person like he is he's a very sweet person very nice polite friendly guy he's just a little bit of a mess sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just want him to get it to reel it in a little bit <laughs> and sure. and all, but uh, I, I, I digress. Um, that is their worst things in the world. I'm still doing good. My, my ducks are in a row, like I said, so nice. uh, it didn't, it didn't hit me too hard and and mess, throw me off my game. But um but moving on to my seed uh Colleen and I saw our first venue this past weekend for trying to figure out wedding stuff. We've got a couple more tours lined up this uh this coming weekend and it's just uh it's kind of cool. Like you're we're starting to figure out like what we like, what we don't like. It brought up a lot of like thoughts about just in general what we need to do like is this space going to fit this many people? What happens if it rains and you can't do the outside thing? Is the inside thing good enough? Like all these different kind of nuances and it's, it's going to be a pain, but right now it's like neat that we're figuring out kind of our, uh, our vibe with everything Mm -hmm. and like what we're, we're looking for and all. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, it'll be a fun process. It'll be a busy process, but uh, I'm glad we're kind of, getting
0: things kicked off a little bit so gotcha well this may be just the perfect opportunity to slide this question in so you have a ticket to have anybody living or dead come to your wedding and sit in with you on a rotation of sorts Eh, yeah, you know and uh you know you could you could give that ticket to anybody who would you have come and be in you know your little your little circle in your in your little rotation what do you mean in my rotation like a blunt rotation who would you like to? Smoke oh with? okay gotcha sorry i <laughs> hey i was trying to keep it you know under the no, radar no, no. And... i was
1: still in like wedding thoughts i was like rotation what What? <laughs> um. Oh, uh, hmm. That's a tough one. I feel like I would want someone who would be fun to have there, but also have like good stories. I feel like mm-hmm. an easy go to would be like Snoop. Uh, okay. I feel like he would just be a character behind sure? uh, closed doors and a riot to like just chill with. Um, okay. That's so- a good one. Uh, But I don't know if there's any in particular, like, uh, historical person or or anything crazy like that, um, that I'd be, I want to hear your take on it then.
0: Well, I'll just say this, (laughs) it, the, the idea came from, there was a, there was a pretty funny take I'm not sure how the conversation started, but somebody was like, yeah, Lewis Hamilton must be pretty, pretty boring in a blunt rotation. Can you imagine? And then just like everybody talking about like what drivers would be funny in a blunt rotation. And just thinking about like, <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder if Lewis Hamilton really would be boring. But, Hold know, on.
1: I'd- well, now now I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look through the drivers and think through.
0: And, like, you can only grab two or three is the idea. Oh, yeah.
1: So so if I'm going through and grabbing a couple, I think I'm grabbing, like, if I can grab three, I'm going Lando, Pierre, and Yuki. Because I think...
0: All like young guys. Well, okay. And
1: I think I think Lando and Pierre would just be like fun to chat with like bullshit with and everything. And I think having Pierre and Yuki together would be hilarious because of okay. their uh just like friendship and everything from being on Alpha Towery. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think Yuki would be like zonked, uh just really out of it. So I think uh I think those three together would be a, a pretty solid combo that's a pretty good snag
0: okay i I, think some of the higher
1: higher ups on the grid might be a little too uh
0: flatline uh
1: (laughs) in that circle
0: well i mean like the assumption would be like everybody is smoking big weed everybody's blazing nobody's like oh that's not for me
1: well no, no no i just mean like i think that even if they did like max lewis george charles sure all would be very like monotone Mm. uh, or like that like just not getting i don't know if the stories and and uh the banter is gonna gonna flow that well sure Um, yeah
0: i might agree the chat may not be that good i feel like carlos looks like he would be someone who would get paranoid (laughs) hmm You're having a lot of interesting reads, and a lot of reads. I'm like, I think I would agree with that.
1: Um, I pulled up all their pictures. I'm like looking through, and I just, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with uh with those. But <laughs> oh,
0: that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think I'd go the other end. I think I might select more for like stories, maybe like the like old heads. Have, have a like I I would want a bunch of moments. Maybe not where like we're you know having having a goof and a gaff, i i would want moments where you're like whoa with that guy whoa with him you know okay, like okay. i would want to hear some like whoa like some behind the scenes type just like industry like like in the weeds type stuff i think that's I would an interesting like way a, to go to go i with think it i'd too. pick like an alonzo i'd probably pick maybe like a fuck i, I did wish think Kimmy was Alonzo. still on the grid bro. i know i <laughs> wish kimmy was still on the grid actually I love be, like him um yeah see i'd probably actually go like old heads yeah. yeah that
1: makes sense i that's a that's another way to go uh go with it those are like i think the the only two ways that you can go like that's not a i don't you know i really think
0: total fan though just like oh, dude, see you but that's
1: but that's where i'm just like I don't think in that if you're like okay, you're going to dinner and you get to pick three drivers. That's like a different scenario. Then you can go sure. a little more on the fan route. But
0: sure, but we're um, selecting for like you were picking for like the the wedding party. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I I think I think that's uh, I think that's pretty pretty quality. Uh, nice little derail there. Let me hit you with my rose thorn seed here for the week. I'll just give it to you real quick. So my rose here. I've been on the phone a little bit. I just want to say my rose here is just having somebody to help, having an advocate, somebody on your side that understands what's going on with the beeps and the boops and the web pages and the WW dots. Oh, you got Um, got
1: an IT back end person.
0: Yeah, we got got somebody to help and it's been uh, making... Making life very easy. So, I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah. make sure this individual knows he is much appreciated. Um, so, that's my rose. My thorn here is I've been having some like tightness in my pec minor muscle that I would I'm... note when doing like uh, chest and like lateral raises and like deltoid exercises. Okay. And it was, I figured it out today, I was activating the wrong muscles when like doing the lifts. So I really focus on just using my deltoids and what was weird, well, not weird, it was kind of like expected. But once I put enough work into the deltoids and had them like activated enough, I felt my pec minor just like relax and that tension I was feeling like in my underarm just like actually kind of went, went away today. Mm. And I was noting like more, uh, kind of openness in my shoulders just in general. Um, so moving forward with the, you know, my arm and deltoid exercises, I'm going to be very intentional in that. Um, and I guess that's just like a little, just a takeaway for exercises in general is like, you know, make sure you're isolating, hitting the thing you want to hit. Um, cause you may be tweaking and twerking that
1: that's like a tough part. A lot of times that I find that's one of the few times that like, I like working out to my own routine, making my own like um, workout schedule with what workouts I'm doing, how many sets, what weights, things Mm -hmm. like that, as opposed to having a coach or anything. But that is where I could use help is when I'm doing some of those exercises that are specifically for like, um, isolated muscles and like, especially like isolated stretching and whatnot. I like, am watching videos and I'm like, I think that is right. Or Mm. feel, I feel like something, but it's so hard to know what you're supposed to feel. And so, yeah, like I, I'm sure tons of people run through that with, uh, just hitting the wrong muscles because they're, holding their shoulders a certain way or whatever else Mm -hmm. that, that could throw off like your lift
0: so yeah exactly and that's just why people like talk about form being very important and make sure you, like you're using structural stances where mm. like um in massage therapy we learned it as like stacking joints where you don't want to have like a bunch of bends because then pressure is going like in all different directions you want to just stack mm. your joint put it all down like one straight line um, gotcha okay uh so yeah just like Uh, using good form is just important. Um, So little, little thorn, but like a little small win on the end of it uh, because we we learned something out of it. So that was pretty cool. Um, And then my seed, and this is just going to lead us right into just like the meat of our topics here. Dude, my seed is a caster duo that I just cannot wait to like listen to again. So for the Blast TV Paris Major and i'm pretty sure they've cast like for a good long time now but it took it took some it took some building it took some exposure and also it took the apex for, versus team liquid quarterfinal of the of the major to like really let it sink in that like oh uh, these guys are like monty and doa level like entertaining mm. to listen to okay. so there's there's a clutch that Knock has, the AUPER for Apex. He's 1v3 on, I think it's like the B-bomb site on Overpass. He okay. he his teammate gets killed. He finds he finds the first gun battle. Turns finds the second gun battle. He's got three rounds left in the AK. He like moves right. OC peaks. Bop, bop, bop. Third one goes in the head. And the caster, his name's Spongey. the caster, like, it was three, the, the gun's empty, bop, 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 they found 14. And just, like, the, the excitement that these guys are bringing to the game, I I was, like, on a whole nother level watching these, like, uh, CSGO series. Because they are... They are uh, very very fun to listen to. Uh, Sponge is the color caster, and Machine is the play by play, and they're just like they're on a whole another level, man. So my seed is looking forward to more tournaments where these two are like casting together because it's it's so fun.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting because I think that was the last CS:GO tournament
0: that's being held. It'll
1: all be the new Counter Strike. or whatever i think moving
0: forward well that i think might be a little of of a misnomer okay i think they were just talking about blast majors oh because dallas is in like i think dallas is on like starts on monday i am dallas there's a bunch of teams there and i don't know if that's immediately on cs2 Okay. So I think it was kind of them saying, like, this will be the last Blast TV major. I gotcha. could be, I could be wrong, but they did a bunch of weird stuff like that where they said, like, this will be the first time Vitality ever wins a major. Hmm. But no, they just won rio and that's an s tier time like that was a major too so i i think they're just referring to like their set of their their product yeah gotcha okay yeah which is interesting
1: definitely and i I think that's it's always great when you can find uh like some casters that get along that well i think um and, and like feed that energy off each other because then those hype moments that Uh, don't come along that often. If you have the right casters there for that moment, it can just take it. Yeah. To a, to a whole nother level. So that's, Mm. that's definitely a, a cool, uh, a cool one. So.
0: Well, and it kind of started with like like team like players that I want to watch. So like you tune in just like to their game. You're kind of just like focus on like, oh, what are they on screen? What's their what's there? Because you don't really know anything else. And then like, okay, through that, now I know a couple of teams. Like, oh, like I'm gonna mm. watch a Cloud Nine. Like I know them from League. But now it's like now I have like. Now I just want to hear these casters. I don't care who's playing. Like, let me just hear the matches. Just like there. they're
1: good, so they're gonna make this good, no matter
0: what. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So now you just have like over just reasons to watch in general. Um. So I'm kind of over the moon. But that's my rose thorn and seed. Let's uh let's uh get into the show here.
1: Nice. So I'll uh roll us through the quick hitters pretty quickly, but. Uh, we do have the Indy 500 coming up this weekend. Uh, so it's interesting. They do qualifying the weekend before. Um, and it's a very interesting, like qualifying format because I was going to have... say,
0: can you describe how it is? Cause I was totally surprised to learn about this.
1: Yeah. So the Indy 500 qualifying, it starts out the week before. So, there are a lot of people in the running initially to qualify for the Indy 500. I think they only take uh I'll, I I want to double check myself, but I think they only take the top 25 drivers maybe. Okay. Um so uh eh, they might take more than that, but either way, uh they have all the drivers basically queue up in pit lane you get to go out and for the Indy 500 they do it as your um highest average miles per hour per lap and you get four laps in a row just boom 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 uh and your average uh miles per hour whoever's the highest like that's how they rate it as opposed to lap time because i mean it essentially is your lap time whoever has the highest average miles per hour made it around quickest so mm-hmm. it's just another way of uh of looking at it but taking the average of the four laps that you do definitely makes it interesting um but they do a kind of full lineup of this and there's a certain amount of time a couple hours that you can go through so if you have a bad qualifying you can queue back up in line and hope that uh you get there to the front of the line to go again before the the clock runs out kind of thing. Um so they go through they do this first session uh on the first day everyone goes through and you take i think the top 12 go on to a second qualifying. So anyone from 13 down that's like your spot. Roman Grosjean, he was out uh, in that first section. Session he's uh, going to be starting nineteenth, right ahead of Helio um, Castro Nieves, who's a three-time I think Indy five hundred champion. Uh gotcha. Col- Colton Herter right behind him, and so uh, it's the the lineup's a little different. Some of the guys that are there are some guys that are just better at oval track racing and everything, so. Uh, Grosjean's out. You have the what they call the um the top twelve, like qualifying. From there, you end up getting a top six. Mm Uh, and so okay, so I figured out there were thirty-four people in the running initially. They take the top thirty for it. So they uh go from that top twelve. They do a last chance qualifier to bring in some some someone from those four people out and then the top of that gets in uh and then they do the final top 6 qualifying for position and everything so alex Pelot ends up he'll be starting p1 um they go three abreast uh to start at the Indy 500 so it'll be three three cars per row as opposed to just two um but yeah, very, very interesting like setup. There's only one car on the track at a time, as opposed to mm-hmm. what we see in Formula One um, with these, the qualifier. So a different different way to do it. But this is the uh what do they call it, the greatest spectacle uh in sports. So mm-hmm. um it, it's an exciting way to start it out a week before you're getting a full weekend of like qualifying action and like fast cars and excitement and everything. Um, so I, I well, think and there's a it. whole
0: bunch of like lead up practice days too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: There's so there have been eight practice sessions yep. and then the four qualifying sessions that we, wow. we saw. So, and the, some of the practice sessions were two weekends ago. Like they were, mm-hmm. they, they started this way, way ahead of time uh, for the Indy 500. But a very, very cool thing, and I'm looking forward to watching it uh, this upcoming weekend. It should be uh, a really cool event to check out.
0: Well, and what I thought was so fascinating was the amount of, like, uh, uh, shifting up at the top with the, like, as the some of the last laps were getting put in, um, it kind of seemed like a Maybe apart from Alex Pillow, like the like two, three, four, five, that was kind of in flux for a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, it even seemed like uh, what's his first name? Renus. Renus Renus VK. VK. Yep. Yeah, it even seemed like Renus was uh, or I guess you would say it even seemed like VK was going to be able to snatch it on that final run. Um, Mm -hmm. so like right up until the very end, it was it was uh quite exciting. So yeah, I think it's going to be pretty good on Sunday
1: yeah and so we also um something that's even kind of crazy, and so you're right with that uh it did go down to the thousands of miles per hour for mm-hmm. there uh for Renus and Alex Blow. um it was they were six thousandths of a second uh or that's six right. thousandths of a mile per hour different uh in their runs we also saw actually in uh, one of the other qualifying sessions and i don't remember specifically who it was but two drivers were tied down to the thousandth of a mile per hour in Whoa. their qualifying and so the actual um the actual like recording of it uh, goes down past that thousandth of a mile per hour as opposed to an F1 where it's if you're tied it's whoever set the lap first yeah um, so they had to go to the like 10,000th of a second Whoa. to or of a mile per hour to uh determine who was
0: ahead at That's that point so cool
1: so it was uh yeah it was really really fun to watch um and, and go back through and see a lot of these highlights and everything so Definitely worthwhile to check out, but that's coming up this weekend. Um talking still in the uh outside of F1 realm of motorsports, we uh or I saw an or well a, a tweet about a World Cup of motorsport that is looking to potentially be held where uh there'd be uh, 12 races across different continents, and the teams would be comprised of two drivers from the same country, like the World Cup, uh, and that would be an experienced and a younger driver. So maybe an F1 driver and then F2 or an F3 driver. Um, and I, I don't know exactly what the um, cars would be. I, I don't, I'm imagining mm-hmm. that it would be a. Um, like a a spec series uh where all the cars are relatively the same and everything but it definitely sounds like uh an interesting prospect i'd love to to see if that kind of happens i think they were looking somewhere between december and uh july for these 12 races to be run this upcoming year so um I guess we'll see if that that turns into anything but it's a it's a cool thought and uh, it makes you kind of think who who would you want as your two drivers for like different countries so like for for Great Britain I mean you've you've got Lewis of course like you kind of have it with Lewis and George I think mm-hmm. last year I probably would have said Lewis and Lando but sure. Lando has uh been having a a tougher year uh albeit a lot on the car but mm-hmm. um
0: recency bias man gets ya <laughs> dude it, it really does you're only as good as your last race man
1: yeah so it, it kind of makes you think about who you would want uh i mean obviously Seb and, and probably I, I guess you go with mick for or is rossberg's german right
0: Ooh, i don't know nationalities all Ooh. that well
1: It's it's tough man um yeah i feel like uh and for finland okay or yeah finland you could have kimmy with mika and all, or all we had to do
0: is just pick two u.s drivers and just be done with it that's all we had to do was just find them for our own country and move on we don't
1: have enough
0: <laughs> i guess that's the point we have logan Sargent and who else could we do dale Earnhardt jr Uh, there we go uh
1: let's just let's do let's just go colton herda
0: okay that's colton herda and logan Sargent. they're both the same age experienced one younger
1: yep colton herda being the experienced one (laughs)
0: um but yeah
1: it's a it's an interesting thought we'll see if it pans out into anything i mean you
0: said finland like i draw a blank like i have no clue Oh well, I mean, I've got I've got some of the name,
1: but like Kimmy, Valtteri, Mika Hakkinen, those are. I'd
0: probably take Hakkinen and Räikkönen,
1: just for the Anins. You'd take the
0: Anins. Well, wasn't was Mika Hakkinen any good? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I was just
1: the their names both end in Anin, Räikkönen. Oh, oh
0: right. That's what I was. <laughs> alluding to well they're Finnish, of course that's how their last names are i know this exactly but uh
1: <laughs> the uh last non-f1 little thing which is still sort of f1 they did end up hosting a um so team Redline, which is a red bull sponsored sim racing team uh did host a um virtual grand prix this past weekend that had a lot of uh different F1 F2 F3 drivers that were involved in it and everything to raise uh I think it was raising funds for the um storms and everything that ended up canceling the uh the grand prix uh mm-hmm. and for those areas of Italy that were affected um but Max uh Ayuma Iwasa Enzo Fitipaldi Felipe Drugovich and a few other um professional drivers were in it along with a number of SIM drivers. So definitely a, uh, a cool thing to see that they did kind of go that route and, uh, and look to still do something uh, motorsport related to, to kind of
0: support the community there. Well, I, I, I feel robbed on your behalf. That was your idea, sir. I
1: mean, i i'm sure that there were plenty of people that thought the same thing
0: <laughs> i don't know dude it seemed pretty novel at the time to me
1: i mean it did to me too but i mean you, you see that sometimes so so no harm no foul it's all in uh in support of the local area there um some other folks that were supporting their uh local areas in italy um yuki Sonoda and a number of members of the alpha team were um out in the streets of Faenza where the Alpha Tauri factory is located that was flooded pretty badly helping to clean up and and kind of get things back in shape after uh, a pretty rough rainy uh stretch there so mm-hmm. um big ups to Yuki and the team to for helping out the community that they're uh that they're a part of there it's definitely a, a cool thing to see mhm
0: yeah i i i would agree with that
1: yeah. And uh and to stay talking about Alpha Towery, uh Red Bull has essentially um determined what their plan is moving forward, uh, that they're not going to be selling the team. It will continue to be a uh own Red Bull owned team that acts as a junior team essentially. Um and they're going to remain at Fienza near Imola for um for their main hub, but they're going to take on staff from the UK to kind okay, of bolster great. there and I guess consolidate some resources and whatnot a little bit um, mm-hmm. to run more efficiently. So uh, Alpha Towery will continue forward. Uh, I know there were some reports that there was some unsureness there, but...
0: Uh, yeah and uh people people wondering wondering about a sale and if uh if Rebel was going to let go of it but now it's kind of uh
1: yeah so it looks like they're they're moving forward um to kind of stay in a similar similar vein um I'll bring this full circle a little bit oh, but yeah. uh Honda is uh, looking to, and I think they did sign an agreement or reach an agreement with Aston Martin to be mm-hmm. Aston Martin's new engine supplier as of 2026. So they won't be uh, having Mercedes supplied engines any longer at that point. Um, and with that, to bring it back around, Aston Martin was talking about their potential driver lineup down the road and Yuki Sonoda's name got brought into the picture. Being wow. a Japanese driver, going with Honda engines, having some really solid performances uh, this year and everything with AlphaTauri and seeing his growth over the past couple of years, um, mm-hmm. I think it would be an awesome opportunity for Yuki to, to potentially have in that seat obviously a couple years down the road you don't know uh what's gonna happen with alonzo you know that strolls probably still gonna be sitting there in that other seat um so yeah uh keeping the door open but i i thought that was cool that there's already conversations um outside of the red bull organization of yuki uh potentially having that growth into a larger uh kind of more competitive team uh, down the line, which yeah, I, I think we can expect with with how he's been racing. hmm.
0: Yeah, it seems like only an upward trajectory if, um, you know, the partnership with Honda is looking to, you know, strengthen the organization, bolster the organization. Um, yeah, it seems like it would just be be a pretty good fit. Uh, yeah you're right it doesn't seem like it would be lance's seat that gets uh you know that he gets put in unless the like leadership of the company significantly changes for whatever reason maybe
1: lance retires
0: could be he he could do you know i don't even know how old he is i think he's i'm gonna say he's 23
1: oh no he's 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 24. I really thought he was like 27, 28. (laughs) I really thought I I was on it. But yeah, he's 24, so probably not retiring. Um, But yeah, Yuki getting a look I think is is a cool prospect for a top team, uh, or Mm -hmm. at least current top team. Um, Looking over towards some other top teams that are figuring out their drivers lineups uh going forward. Charles Leclerc and Ferrari uh have kind of uh, I guess reinitiated contract uh renewal talks and everything. Well sounds like they are pushing towards kind of making in uh some sort of agreement going uh for a contract renewal um after Charles was pretty sounds like he was pretty um, specific about kind of the the things he was looking for from the team in terms of car improvements and whatnot. Um, But with that, there were a lot of reports of who would be the second driver for, for Charles and, Mr. or sorry, Sir Lewis Hamilton's name uh, actually has come up quite a bit in those conversations. Uh, I don't know if Mercedes would offer him quite the amount of money that he could potentially get. Uh, It sounds like Ferrari is in the 40 million euro range for an offer, uh, kind of ballpark. And so assuming that obviously lewis would want to move from mercedes mm-hmm. to ferrari the thought of him in ferrari red in that it's just so weird it's it's a it's a strange thought um thinking of him like leaving mercedes after all these years to go to ferrari um I don't know if it would happen. I, I do think it's interesting, though, that, that Leclerc's contract renewals brought up this wanting to have a, a super uh, superstar second seat, even though I think you and I agree, signs has been doing fine. Like, I don't think that their issues are with driver quality. But I guess if I, I guess you'd say you go, oh, Lewis, if he's available,
0: better than Carlos. So. From Ferrari's perspective, yeah, yeah. I don't. It seems like they're kind of independent of each other. I don't know why a driver cares who his teammate is, other than like, can I beat this individual? um Maybe it's like
1: what they're bringing knowledge wise and whatnot sure. to the team as well. Could be, or, Could be that or wanting to to get a constructor's championship for Ferrari. I mean the drivers championship would be great for for I'm um, for Charles I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But getting the constructors too, he seems like the based on everything I've seen from him as a driver and in his career so far, I feel like he is very loyal to Ferrari and wants them to yeah get the same success that he's getting not to just be like, well, I won the drivers and like, they uh, didn't get constructors sucks to suck. Like, uh, he's not that kind of guy.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Gotcha. That's a good, that's a good observation. Um, I think with Lewis, the question that I would ask is like, is he only in it for the money? Like, or does he care kind of like, uh charles might or does he see like maybe mercedes winning days are over um you know i was only there to win i didn't care about the money maybe lewis only cares about winning um i'm curious what he would be selecting for this late in his career uh you would hope just you know what he believes is the fastest car is the team that he believes that he should be on kind of thing. Yeah.
1: And I, I also don't really think that, well, I, I know for sure that Red Bull, like Red Bull's made it clear that they have no interest in signing Lewis as a driver. Um I don't think Lewis would have any interest in being a driver for them anyway. Um But yeah, I, I don't know if it would be, I it, it could also be a, maybe Mercedes doesn't, find it worthwhile to spend a ridiculous amount of money on Lewis. So it's like, Hey, you could take a a significant pay cut or head off to wherever. So, I mean, I don't think most, I don't think that, hardly anyone at Mercedes would want that situation but at the same of time if, like these these are businesses as well as mm-hmm. teams like they're mm-hmm. um they have to make fiscally like responsible business decisions and if you're not seeing success with the car with Lewis and you're still paying him these super super large salaries and everything mm-hmm. um at the tail end of his career Potentially, um, I'd imagine he maybe has five years somewhere in that ballpark max that he would mm. keep driving. I don't imagine him going and, and driving till he's 50. Um, but that could also be a, a potential situation as well where he's kind of pushed out by Mercedes, and then it's like, who's the most competitive and willing to pay me the most money?
0: Yeah, for sure. You would hate to see a Michael Jordan goes to uh, the Wizards type deal, though, where it's just like super lackluster and you're just like. uh.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm I don't disagree with you. Seeing seeing guys, uh, especially if they are not successful, it, it definitely puts a little tarnish on the tail end of their career. Mm-hmm. so I don't know but it, it was very interesting especially with the kind of money uh 40 million euro kind of price tag that is a pretty pretty significant chunk of change that they're looking to to throw around so if that number is being brought up now after just initial conversations um I that's pretty pretty wild that they're like, yep, we'll throw money at this and just see if it see if it works.
0: Bro, I'd be here for it. Honestly, I think that would be a really interesting shake up. I think people would just lose their fucking mind. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Everyone I, would go crazy.
0: Yeah, I think that would be wonderful.
1: I, I, well, 2026, it could be silly season again. Silly season. Actually next year, next year we could have another one with, uh, with a lot of seats opening up and contracts running out. So we've got, Mm -hmm. we've got plenty of room for craziness. Um, but that is definitely a, uh, a big one. Wow. Lewis and red. It's a weird, it's a weird look, man. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'm going to while we're going here i'm going to send you a quick tweet you know very very professional
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but the it's a picture of lewis wearing a ferrari uniform i think they just cut off uh signs his head and put lewis's head on it but it looks so weird hot it's just it's strange to me uh looking at that with um yeah it
0: just it feels weird seeing lewis in that in that bright I mean, ferrari red in a parallel universe this is he this is what he looks like and he's got eight with this or he's yeah. got seven in this jersey
1: yeah so time to get snag one in a in another one
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um moving into kind of race weekend topics mm-hmm. and into the monaco grand prix that we have this coming sunday um F1 is going to be in control of the television production here for the first time at Monaco. Monaco has been one that's held on to the local TV production rights for a very long time. Uh, So, And I think over the past couple of races in Monaco, we've had a lot of criticism of what you cut away from the action? There's not that much action at Monaco anyway, and they're cutting away from the action to show Lance stroll coming out of the pit lane or like whatever else. And, uh, I think the F one TV production has been pretty good. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this ends up Mm. differing a bit from, uh, from previous production in terms of quality and everything. I think the, the F one team has it down pretty well. Um, so definitely a uh something to look forward to just in production
0: quality uh for for the upcoming weekend that is quite interesting i feel like we would have talked about that previously but you saying that now it's like hitting me like new information that's really interesting that the um principality i believe mm-hmm. yep. uh has been holding on to 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 those like broadcasting rights that's so cool in some way but also um i feel i guess it's like a small amount of catharsis of of like yeah yeah i'm also really happy that you handed it over too that's cool you probably yeah. should have did that a while ago
1: yeah like i i understand like what like you have the time and and the people there and everything locally to set things up and like prepare and whatnot but just in terms of the quality it's it's it, the F1 broadcast team like they are doing this weekend and week out they're not just setting it up and like doing their best for one weekend a year um so i think it's uh it's a good step forward for for F1
0: um <laughs> what <laughs> Dude, I cannot tell you how patronizing that sounds. Doing their best for one weekend a year. Well, I mean, that is that could be the tagline for so many just like shitty businesses. That's hilarious.
1: Bro. Yeah, I mean, it's like you Thank you're you. coming in and th- but they but they get one shot at it. They right. get no practice run, they get no warm up. It's just like, "Welp," we've got this one race weekend and let's do it live. Like there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no way for them to build up a good, consistent like strength in terms of how they're going to broadcast what they're seeing. Like they don't get trial runs. This is just a normal city and normal city streets the rest of the year. So hilarious. uh, So yeah, I think, I think it's definitely a good thing. Um, It, it, for a while I'm sure it was kind of neat that the local people like that the local teams did all the broadcasts and everything, uh, for like the video production and all. But I think at this mm-hmm. point we're we're at a stage with F1 and the growth of it that you want to have the the best people, most knowledgeable people doing that
0: that production week in and week out. Um yeah, especially if people are going to hate the weekend to begin with, like there's so much like do we need Monaco? Is Monaco still good in 2023?
1: I mean, just uh if people are going to like talk about it like that, I saw a um I saw a tweet this past week too. This guy was talking about how he was catching
0: uh F1's live stream. Thank you.
1: All right, thank you. Wild. <laughs> so, thank you. Um, <laughs> pardon the interruption, everyone, but <laughs> uh, but looking at this tweet, this guy was talking about how he caught the F1 live stream of Imola in 2005 and was like, that was real racing and yada, yada, yada. And like Schumacher nowadays, Schumacher would have just blown past Alonso with DRS or whatever. This is what he said. He's like, I missed this era of F1. And then a guy like quote tweeted it and was like, there were nine overtakes in that race. There were only nine. He was like, there's there that's less than Monaco last year. Whoa. <laughs> and so it's funny when you like put things into perspective about the like there are a lot of people who are um sentimental about this golden era of F one and everything and how how great F one was back in the day. And some of those races, like you see, like when Williams was thriving, you see the the two Williams drivers like lap the entire field, winning races by like ninety five seconds and things like that. And now, now they're like, well, Max won by thirty seconds two races in a row. Like F
0: one is is dying. It's yeah, like, it's doomed.
1: It's like, guys, this this has happened many, many times before, mm-hmm. um, much before before we joined into the to the fandom. Uh, so, I yeah, I think that uh, for Monaco, especially, already, like you said, having kind of this connotation of not being as exciting of a race and whatnot, having the best and and top video production to catch all the excitement is it. Definitely a good thing. Um, a uh, uh, potentially bummer, bad thing, whatever you want to call it. Carlos signs may not race this weekend or, or may be struggling. He, uh, was in a charity football match this, uh, this past week and ended up getting some sort of injury, uh, to his leg. It looked like so. Maybe struggling with that a little bit through the weekend, I'm assuming he'll still race, but um but yeah, and hopefully nothing serious. there isn't really any reports. there were just some uh some photos of him getting worked on by um by the personal trainers during the the football oh, match, cool. so um and like taping up his leg and whatnot, so hopefully nothing too bad but potentially a uh a tougher weekend after a kind of string of tough weekends in a row for, for Carlos already.
0: There's your fantasy F1 update for the week. Everybody, if you have Carlos signs in your fantasy, make sure to bench bench and get somebody else in there. You don't want to be losing points this weekend, folks, Carlos signs questionable, questionable for Monaco. So uh, hopefully
1: nothing crazy but i don't know you never know with these things we saw lance stroll come back from a broken wrist with like pins mm-hmm. in it so i i assume that carlos will race but um could potentially cause him some discomfort and whatnot throughout the sure. weekend and we'll see how that affects him um we did though get the tires from Pirelli announced for the upcoming race. So we're going to be going with the three softest levels of their tires for the Monaco weekend, which I think uh, will hopefully give uh, a little more opportunity for different strategies. Uh, Monaco typically with how slow it is and the sharpness of turns, I feel like has typically pretty good degradation on the tires so going with all the softest three compounds um available maybe that will cause tires to wear out a bit more quickly cause some more wrinkles into their uh the team's strategies and all so
0: well i think they're gonna have to specifically give charles uh a couple sets of wet tires so he doesn't put his uh in the pool again as as that was pretty weak. That was pretty weak. Sorry. well,
1: I mean, just uh hopefully I'm looking for a clean qualifying session. That's what I'm sure. looking for. I mean, we had Charles Bennett, I think two years ago, uh, to take pole position. Checo Bennett last year in the um in the qualifying to take pole position, I think or
0: Oh, or right. Checo they there like reverse. Checo,
1: Checo bend it last year. He didn't take pole last year, but he stayed ahead of Max and started third, but yes. he he ended up winning the race. So um but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting storylines. Charles Leclerc still has not had a great monaco grand prix he finished mm-hmm. p4 last year with the snafu from ferrari's uh uh pit wall team and everything i think they either left him out on hard tires or brought him in and people passed or, him or whatever it was he went from like first to fourth um didn't have a chance to to make it up but he's an angry young lad but uh well he's just been unsuccessful at Monaco I mean he's he's had DNFs he had the D that did not start a couple years ago I think Mm -hmm. um so that's definitely something to look out for but um Monaco last year was also the uh the whole Red Bull thing where Max was like you know what you did at the end of the season talking about Checo um crashing out at Monaco intentionally quote-unquote uh mm. and everything so we've had yes we've had some some interesting uh interesting monaco situations previously so hoping for a good qualifying clean qualifying uh and i'm just ready to be back racing after uh the stretch especially with the the imola grand prix being canceled
0: yeah, that's always really tough. Um, you know, you you just wanna feel like you're in the thick of it and just like every you know, every weekend leading into the next, but sometimes these uh breaks in between can be can be pretty tough. Um, so yeah, we 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 hit on a bunch of the notes, but the the one thing I wanna talk about going all the way back to um going back to Alpine is the upgrades that they were talking about um i think they have a package coming in i don't know if it was supposed to land at imola or Mm. if they're bringing it to monaco or whatever um but i think alpine was pretty hyped on some upgrades so i'm kind of looking forward to them um looking to see oddly just like when you look at it from the standings mclaren is literally fourth it or fifth in the standings um at 14 and like somebody else is like pretty close so it's pretty funny to think like such a struggling mclaren is like literally halfway up the field um so there's yeah. some there's some shenanigans afoot currently so i'm i'm looking forward definitely to uh monaco to have some of these storylines just fleshed out a little clear because you know we don't want we don't want anybody to lose but we only want red bull to win exactly yeah
1: (laughs) well red bull has the the history of diving into the pool after the race i don't think i've seen other teams do that but red bulls won at monaco a lot recently so Mm -hmm. uh, that may also be be the case um but i don't know if that means mclaren is having an okay season as much as i feel like that means that McLaren, Alpine, and everyone below them are really just having a rough go. And it, yeah, I think they're struggling. It's interesting just because I feel like things are still very close in a lot of ways, but it has seemed to just shake out kind of the same way in terms of finishing and everything, um, and points scored, especially like it it doesn't seem like these teams are that far apart but it seems like the teams that are consistently finishing higher up are just doing that week in and week out um oh, yeah. so yeah. really shutting the door like the gap from 4th at 78 points to 5th and 6th tied at 14 that's like a pretty significant difference um
0: if I'm, okay so i did see it right so mclaren is tied with alpha tower at 14 alpine, oh, alpine. gotcha yeah. okay alpha
1: Tauri is down with two points down in p9
0: that's my boys
1: <laughs> so and i'm uh a hundred percent sure yuki got both of those don't fact check me um <laughs> but uh, i'm i I'm can't imagine that devries would have gotten a point and i wouldn't remember it so uh so Yuki with the I think two tenth place finishes but uh yeah Monaco Grand Prix coming up this weekend we've got the Indy mm-hmm. 500 too uh mm-hmm. so a lot of good racing Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it I hope you all are as well but any other uh topics or notes talking about Monaco? Uh
0: no I don't think so just um you know if Charles gets a pole will he convert? Find out next week on Dragon Ball Z. Got him. Nice. That was beautiful.
1: <laughs> but uh, I know we have a lot of MSI to get into. Um, but just before that, we had the sad, sad announcement that Bay Life will no longer be a part of the LCS. Like, officially. Officially, TSM, TSM Reginald, Reggie Bro, made an announcement
0: that... The solo the, mid.
1: The, the TSM team, the brand, it has always looked to strive at the highest levels of the League of Legends world, especially yeah. for the last couple of years in LCS. They've been oh, striving cool. to be super duper successful with the lineups that they've put forward. Mm-hmm. Really going for it. But you know they're going to leave LCS but they're not leaving League of Legends they're moving over to the LPL and Spica is staying with the no speaker the whole it's going to be a whole new lineup but uh, i guess TSM will be a part of the LPL uh or maybe they'll get demoted to the LDL i don't know um but they're they're it up to go to a, a region that's more serious about League of Legends,
0: so, and I imagine they will just. I'll mark my words here, but I imagine they're just going to um, succeed and just win everything now. Exactly. Um, yeah,
1: that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, just take the eat off the end of that, and I think we know what they'll do suck seed suck they're they're gonna suck I, i don't i don't think they're i'm a hater the fact that reggie all the shit he's done over the years all the bs and he's like yes we're going where we're serious about league of legends after oh man i'd have to I'd have to look back and see what kind of lineup they fielded the past couple of uh, seasons, but Dude, it, it's
0: brutal. Like I don't remember any of their players' names at all. I don't think I watched. I'm pretty. Yeah. I, I stopped watching TSM after a uh, while.
1: Same. I mean, uh, got, uh, the, the big names like Neo, I'm skipping over the, the known people. So like, maple and tactical and whatnot but uh neo instinct soul mia Yi,
0: oh yeah
1: big big name players or massive names past couple years of uh of tsm so i i wish them the best of luck getting stomped on by the other lpl teams um I just don't imagine success when this has kind of been their MO the past little stretch of just not not putting effort into the League of Legends kind of department of their their organization. And I don't know if this is gonna like clear Reggie to be back involved with like the team again or anything if he's mm-hmm. uh
0: if going to a new region means that He's not oh, like. Dude, you're right. That sounds like big loophole shenanigans.
1: I, I don't know what the the motivation is, but I have felt like TSM hasn't even really been a part of the LCS for the last uh, couple years. So it I'm really not thinking that we're uh, that we're losing too too much there. Oh um, yeah, well, yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah. But especially I mean, like really the only teams we talk about are like Cloud9, EG, Team Liquid, FlyQuest. Like it's all it's all we've moved on, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh seventh place finish, a ninth place
1: finish, uh the past couple years, that's that's not really what you would be looking for with TSM. So um I wish them the best and
0: I I guess we'll
1: see who fills their spot. So
0: Yeah, I just uh you know look forward to not watching them on on the LPL now too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I mean unless they spend buku bucks to to pick up some good players, I just imagine it's gonna
0: be Knight and Navi three six nine. <laughs> Come on over.
1: Yeah, don't you want to be part of Bay Life? Bay Life, dude. Bay Life Ruler. Doesn't that sound so much better? Don't you want to hear them just yell TSM? TSM TSM, it just makes it so different for you as a player who
0: has noise canceling headphones on. Damn, dude, TSM game <laughs> must hit different in China when you're ruler.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, but yeah, I, I just had to bring that up before we get into to the MSI talk. But um, why don't you lead us off into it? We had a number of series that uh, that we had coming into the finals here.
0: Well, yeah, I think like uh pretty sure we covered rounds one and two on previous episodes, um, so we just have uh the round three matches and uh the final, I guess, or round three, round four, and five um being the being the funky, kooky names, but surprisingly, Genji doesn't take a game off of billy Billy gaming and what seems to be going wrong in this series i mean you could you could talk about the 80 carries all day but we know elk's good we know pays is good the other ones like guma and ruler on jdg like the dudes that are left here in the 80 carry camp uh well selected for they're oh, just yeah. going to be like their stat lines are just insane every game oh, like if everyone the eighty every, carry stat line was insane right the
1: quality of bot laners in the final four might be better than the quality of mid laners which is like a crazy thing to say when you have you sure. e, go Chovy faker um and uh oh and knight in that final four teams left mm-hmm. i mean Fact that you've got <laughs> Guma Ruler, uh, Elk who played phenomenally, uh, and then Pays who was playing very well as well. Um, it's it's probably close there in terms of uh, of quality between bot and mid laners.
0: Well, and the the met is just in such a place that like they're just the ones that are being played for. They're the ones that are racking up all yeah. the kills. They're they're in a pretty good spot. But what I think like kind of was the big difference in a lot of these matchups for me truly was like the jungle and top laners. Yeah. um, There was some focus on some champion picks that just really weren't that strong. Um, for some of the teams. And then in other scenarios, you have players like bin who were just able to totally dominate a matchup. And especially against somebody like Doran or Zayas, who like in previous matchups and previous tournaments, we would just be praising these individuals names, even in Mm -hmm. the regular season, they're playing very well. Um, But in this very like bot focused meta, unfortunately the top laners just like really weren't able to shine. And then being that they were on like tanking gauges or these like like primary kind of like um uh, uh what do they call them, like fighters or like carry carry top laners, you mm-hmm. just you lose out so much, mm-hmm. you kind of run into these like four V five scenarios. Um, so it seemed like a lot of these games were made or broken on that kind of top side of the map. Do you get the uh, optimal setup in that regard?
1: Well, I I definitely agree with you, but I also um, on, on that same like line of thought, I think that Ben was just like he played a phenomenal tournament like yeah. Sure, Ben was playing out of his mind, and that's how they ele- were able to put him onto these carry champions. Like we weren't seeing quite as much of that in the top lane. Like up until this point of the tournament, we we saw some with different top laners and whatnot, but we we're seeing uh like a lot of Casantes and Cannons, like these more bruiser type picks. Um, a little bit. But then seeing the jacks come out consistently, seeing that be mm-hmm. kind of a um like a a pick ban um to some extent later into to some of the matches or or being kind of traded back and forth between uh b l g and um and j d g at the end i think we had pretty sure that we i'll double check myself but I'm fairly certain that 369 played the Jacks at some point. Could be wrong. No, I think I'm wrong. Either way, Mm -hmm. oh, it was Zaeus. Zaeus picked it away from Ben. I knew someone played it against Ben and I couldn't remember. remember. But the fact that that became like a contested pick because Ben was playing it so well, and it's like you can't can't really waste a ban on it necessarily. Um he was really my my big standout on BLG, and like you said, with the top lane and jungle, um,
0: he he did a lot for them to to put them ahead on that side of the map. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately for bidden's case, like he's such a he has what seemed to be a pretty large champion pool in the sense of like okay even if you ban the jacks he still would be willing to pick a fiora or a gwen that are Mm. in pretty good spots right now and he's playing them at a pretty high level um so i think just from that perspective in a pick ban like it gets really tough to want to target the top lane. So then you end up with a scenario where like, he just has free choice all the time. Um, and, And you see them giving him, you see them giving him priority in that, in that regard. So a pretty solid three-zero from BLG against the uh, LCK number one, which honestly to me was surprising. I thought that was going to be a much more competitive matchup to be fair. Oh, yeah. um, game two, lasting a decent while, same with game three, 35 minutes. Um, so they are going back and forth, obviously, but to a certain degree, I expected a little more out of Gen G, but, you know, oh yeah,
1: I, I definitely expected them to pick up more games, and even game game three going to thirty five minutes, it was a twenty one thousand or uh, or sorry eleven thousand gold lead at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That's st- that's massive. So it's yeah. it's not um, it, the length of the game, like also doesn't always speak to to how much of a stomp it was stomps don't have to necessarily it reminds me that stomps don't have to be a a 20 minute game yeah of course Um, it just speaks to like what
0: their what their win condition might have been yeah Um, but yeah so that that's that is I think the only match in round three I guess was the uh Billy Billy Gaming versus Gen G, so they move on then to face what would be the winners of T1 loser. and JDG. Oh yeah, the the loser the winner goes on to the to the the first ones into the grand final. Sorry. Um. So yeah, then we have first matchup in round four. We have JD Gaming, China's number one T1 lck's number two we were i think we were pretty honest on the pod here but obviously big big cheers for t1 on my side here i was hoping for that but honestly i think they gave a pretty pretty good match to jdg honestly um and was surprised that they were able to take two in that last game, I want to know what the fuck happened in the in that in those comms around the Baron. But honestly, I thought T1 like played a really good series. The two games that they won were just like clean, decisive Baron plays. That if you saw any other team do that, you would be like, "What the fuck is going on? Who is that you know what I mean?" Like it you would be it kind of from T1 to
1: to make those smart plays and decisions sure,
0: sure. And, and just like right on time just making one swift play ending the game but then in game five it almost seemed like they were kind of feeling themselves again you have faker on the nautilus wanting to make big plays they're down in a 4v5 scenario jdg is coming like into their blue side and Faker goes for the hook. He lines it up and just gets his whole team killed. And super questionable decision for me. I mean, and the casters felt it too. Like it, in that moment, it did not seem like they needed to fight that. Uh, so I'm very curious what happened there. I would love to see a world where like T1 doesn't fight that.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that for me, the biggest Gripe I have is going back to the pick ban in general. I mean, Fair? game one Faker plays Nautilus goes o six they lose. Game four Faker plays Nautilus goes one five they lose. Game uh game or sorry I uh, no game four Faker goes o two on Nautilus they lose he the three games he played nautilus Mm -hmm. they lost them and Mm -hmm. it's not that it's necessarily a bad pick but you are not really building around that to be super successful like the the game four team comp they've got three tanks you've got the um Uh, the Tom Kench, the Nautilus and the Malphite in Mm -hmm. those three lanes. And you're relying entirely on the, um, the Kindred to be able to jump in and out and hit sort of from range, but very short range with Kindred. And you're hoping that Guma can do it all when you're sitting there, relying on all of that as your damage, at least like from the other side, you've got the gragas gragas can do decent damage and be kind of tanky mm-hmm. you've got the wu who has a, just a good bit of just longevity with being able to use his clone and everything the double knock up with the ultimate like there are uh, like a lot more things that i feel like you get from jd gaming side than t1 side and then similarly in game game five, I felt like they were just kind of hoping that Zeus and Guma could just get them ahead. I didn't feel like those picks, the, the Maokai, the Nautilus, were really giving them much in terms of like, what they could
0: do. I like the adaptation of Maokai instead of the um instead of the kindred like i i get why the kindred it just was it didn't feel like the best pairing for what would be an aggressive like mid lane nautilus i feel like you would want something that like isn't such uh like an early game what am i trying to say it doesn't seem like the kindred has the like team fight kind of staying power that you need i yeah. it feels like you need more engage it feels like you need more tankiness in the mid and late game yeah i mm-hmm. understand she like scales really well with damage and she's this like pseudo second threat that brings like resilience to your primary carry but i did not feel like t1 was able to like execute that in the games so no. i was frustrated like to see them continually going back to it in the draft because like they could make it work in the game um yeah. so that was that was a pretty frustrating angle but overall i just like
1: i mean uh, they they just had so many opportunities to win that series and i feel like going up two one you have you just have to win one of the next two games and they picked in my opinion just not great team comps in both I of the, like or, or team comps that they were not being very successful on
0: i just yeah and then not playing well against the gragas i think that was t1's like biggest biggest crutch the whole tournament was not playing around the gragas the amount of flanks the amount of barrels the amount of flash body slams that 369 was able to get was just like disgusting and then it makes you even worried like okay so now t1 gets dropped down against billy billy gaming like Mm -hmm. um bin can easily just like play the gragas it ends up like not really being a factor but like you're just so scared as a t1 fan that they're like they have to get rid of this champion or play it or whatever um so yeah unfortunate series there for for t1 in a in a form where it looked like they could beat JDG and it was clear they could, they took them out in two games too. Um, but yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate series for, if you're a T1 fan, if you're a JDG fan, you're going crazy.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that that was the test that we were waiting for. Like JDG, like we said last week, hadn't really seen much, uh, to get to that point. This was the first really, um, tough match that I, I think we were seeing other than their previous bout with Billy Billy Gaming. That was the the next most competitive with that being a 3-0 um mm-hmm. for for JDG. So going from there um I definitely was impressed by JDG at the end. They seemed they I was impressed that they didn't get flustered. They didn't let themselves get kind of out of sorts being down two one. They were able to to turn it around, get the wins in games, uh, four and five and, and win that series, um, to, to put themselves to the finals. Like that's, that's a, a big thing to be able to do, uh, to come back with while you're in the hole a little bit, um, mm-hmm. to be able to, to bring it back. Um, But then looking at the Billy Billy Gaming and T1 series, um, similar, it felt like I kind of just felt like T1 had lost some mojo or something. Yeah, uh, at this point they had kind of gotten knocked down a little bit and did not respond super well. I mean, the the first game was very very tight through and through, um, but Elk on the Zeri just came to play man he elk mm-hmm. looked really really good um throughout this tournament uh, and like you said obviously the the eighty carries the bot laners they were just so set up look, to shine. look really good when they look really good um but even in games where he didn't um where they didn't win or he didn't uh
0: mm-hmm. have as
1: much success Elkhead it still impressed me in the loss against t1 in game three he goes six three and one he was kind of the only person who was hanging in there to uh to try and keep them in it but mm-hmm. um but yeah he really really impressed me through and through um this tournament
0: yeah, overall, I just think Elk and On had great like synergy in the bottom lane. I think they mm-hmm. obviously had a uh, pretty good two v two matchups. I don't remember them getting just like dumpstered without the jungle help. I, obviously, like their lanes, I think went. Like, they may have been disadvantaged or advantaged or whatever, but I don't remember a matchup that was, like, really tough for them. Um, so, yeah, on like, really, really showing up to the tournament. Um, the one game that T1 is able to win, they use, you know, uh, Kazix Faker on the Quesante, and that wasn't even, like, a... Uh, necessarily a uh tough game owner was just pretty pretty strong on the Cossacks and was able to do a lot of damage and obviously this was the game that Zayas picked uh Jax away from bin as well but again this was Shun on the uh Shun on the Kindred. just another example of it like not looking that great we get why it's there but mm. um it was for whatever the teams were seeing in the scrims it didn't show up on stage that's for sure um and then you know game game four billy billy gaming is able to reset ya grabs the mid lane nautilus this time and says i figure let me show you how this is done let's 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 get you out of here
1: i yeah and i i mean i think a lot of that was still more on um on Shun with his Kazakhs play, the Kha'Zix sure. seems uh, like it was really working in a lot of these scenarios where it's these um, less tanky team comps that, mm-hmm. that showing up um, looked really, really good. Pretty like carried the game pretty, pretty heavily on Billy Billy gaming side. But of course you go, um, definitely had had plenty of opportunities to get hooks in ultimates to start team fights off. Mm-hmm. Um, been with the split push threat on the Fiora kind of going with that into the jacks of Zayas was, uh, a nice little, uh, shift, I think for them to, to still put him on another, uh, mat pressure kind of split pushing top laner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely was impressed by them to be able to close out the series against T1. Um so kind of succinctly. Like they there was not really they they played it out very well. There wasn't any like T1 had with JDG going up 2-1. There wasn't a oh well now it's 2-2. Two, two. Oh well okay. Mm. Like what's gonna happen? Billy Billy Gaming gets up 2-1. They lose that one or it gets up two oh they lose one game and they're like, okay, no, we're we're closing this out. They close it out well. Um and and just played uh played solidly throughout that series with T one.
0: Big time agree had a bunch of good uh like pick and ban uh choices to make like even in that in that game four band in the case, Sante saying like yeah yeah we understand what a you know what a part of this was um, so yeah, I think Billy Billy G- gaming handling T1, um, pretty solidly, but also noting maybe a little bit of a mojo hit there for T1 in their round four matchup, um, against Billy Billy gaming. And then we are set up for an all China final with JDG versus Billy Billy gaming. And do you think it delivered as far as a, as far as a grand final?
1: I, I would say Did it so. you everything you hoped for. Uh not everything, cause I would have been amped to see five games and Billy Billy Gaming coming out on top. No knock to JG JDG. The Cinderella story tugs mm-hmm. at my heartstrings a bit. Um but it was very impressive from um uh from both teams really. I, I felt like they both came in like with the thought that they could, could win the series. And we saw Mm -hmm. some really impressive play from, uh, from both sides, looking at JDG uh, Kanavi. I loved the, um, the pivot from Nautilus being this mid lane or support pick game one. He takes it in the jungle. He -hmm. had some really, really, uh, good hooks later on in the game and and ultimates that started off fights and and kind of pushed them uh with their lead that they already had just kind of helped them close it out very very nicely the jace pick too going back and forth i Mm -hmm. that was kind of the it, it felt like the key to the series for me and it was cool to see that a mini meta kind of developed in this this matchup after these teams have played each other in uh the LPL finals in an earlier round of MSI and then mm-hmm. now in this uh this round of MSI for the MSI finals um seeing two teams that have played against each other so much it's it's cool that they had their own little uh their own little meta within the game
0: yeah, especially for a champion that like we didn't really pick band too heavily. Um, I think we saw some other teams maybe pick it up here and there, but it really was, um, it really did feel like very much just of these two teams, um, and it got traded back. The one thing that was like super curious to me, and I mean this is just like the obvious thing that you could pull out, but it seemed like Billy Billy Gaming literally just like surrendered in Game 3 with that fucking Vayne pick for L. Yeah. Elf. Like, I don't... I'm not going to say it's just bad because they lost on it. Like, it didn't look good in the match. Like, Kanavi just had to walk bottom one time, set them behind, and then Vane was never going to be able to auto-attack around a Scion, a Sedge, the poke coming in from, from a Jace. Like, the setup just didn't seem there. And it maybe was... they could have picked... It in a better scenario. It seemed just a little forced to me, Um and it definitely didn't show up in the game. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and it it was weird because I feel like you need some sort of tankiness on your team for that. You mm-hmm. need a front line for a mm-hmm. vein. It's the same way that you need a front line for a Zeri. Which on the other side, JD Gaming has mm-hmm. the Sejuani and the Scion in the top lane. Like you have the front line there. Vayne is not going to do anything. Like, even if you have Kennen get an ult on the five players from the other team, five-man ult, Vayne alone is not going to be able to do that much unless she's already ahead. If she's even or behind, that's not going to... Do a lot. She's not hitting fast enough. She's not putting out enough damage. Mm-hmm. You're building items that are not like the most efficient for bot lane excuse me, for bot laners to build. you you have to go the Ginsu's Rage Blade build to be able to even have a shot at being competitive later. But that puts right. you behind so much gold. It just Puts you really in a hole, and I felt like that in the Lulu is okay, but you need some sort of frontline engage in the mm-hmm. jungle or the top lane. You can't just rely on these two squishy uh, champions and hope that with that and the Annie stuns, that that's enough for Vayne to run right. run rampant. Like you said, all it took was a tanky sejuani into the bot lane one time and Vayne is struggling the rest of the Mm -hmm. game like that's i i was um watching through the games when i
0: saw that get picked
1: i was like oh i it wasn't a good oh i
0: was like of course not yeah i was Like like you can almost just kind of skip it and be like okay they lose this
1: i was like well at least they have lulu Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that was the only only thought i really had i was like it's like
0: guys i mean i yeah Yeah, i think you're going full bore into that i think instead of kenim top you do like a karma top or something silly and then like uh a ranged mid laner that you can like offer some more support, then as well with some um, ability
1: or something, yeah, it
0: feels very much like a protect the cog type pick. Like, you really need to give them all the power. Um, and Billy Billy Gaming just didn't pick for that. So, unfortunately, give me unfortunately-
1: a NAR. give me a like like you with vain you still
0: get the engage but like you retain the tankiness you gain more of a fl- front right line where, like, like you means need... that you got to you got a bolt or your your zone using well, anyway so they're not even focusing
1: there's nothing like when right. when you're cannon going in like that you ult and then you die like mm-hmm. you are not going to be able to sustain through zeri and jace and the stuns that are coming out from scion and charms from rakan and knockups and said like you, as Kenon, you go in try and ult as many people as possible and then you die like that mm-hmm. is your result with something like a gnar you can jump in try and hit your gnar ultimate slam people into a wall but then like, you're tanky afterwards. Like, you can still front line. You have an additional stun that you have that can hit multiple people. You have damage. You have a hop. Like, it just... The the comp itself didn't do anything uh, in terms of what I think they were looking for. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was... I don't know if it's just they've faced JDG so many times at this point that they were trying to come up with like something new that they're like, they beat us 3-2, then 3-1, then 3-0. And so now we're like trying to to climb back or do something different to catch them off guard. But mm-hmm. they were just lacking in areas in that team comp in general. Um, and then going into game game four, I didn't hate their team comp, but the the matchup between the Jace and the Silas in the mid lane was just not I think that's the only thing that I wasn't super impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um I would have liked to see something else in the mid lane because I understand the Silas can steal uh can steal the Mawkyle or Cyanol. You're not really mm-hmm. getting anything else from these other champions. That's worthwhile. As Silas, he was getting out farmed by Jace by 30 CS at mm-hmm. like 12 minutes in. Like you can't be that far behind against something like a Jace that does so much yeah. damage and scales so well. If it gets ahead. You're putting yourself in a matchup to be behind against a champion that just crushes if it's ahead.
0: Right. And so. Not much benefit in the team fights by you, like, with with your point of saying, like, there's not even good alts to steal. Right.
1: And so, very just like questionable mid lane pick, especially like they picked that their last round. Like, Mm -hmm. they knew that they were up against the Jace either in the top lane or the mid lane and they chose Silas and then JDG takes Sion. Like mm-hmm. you you had other options. Um that was really where I just was a bit disappointed cuz Yagao has played um he's he's played really well throughout the tournament. He's played uh, a number of different champions. I would have liked to see like the Annie or the the Talia or, or something like Lissandra mm-hmm. something other than uh than the Silas there and he's played the Silas throughout but I think it was a I think it was a comfort pick more than it was a good pick um mm-hmm. for them. So definitely uh I think they they kind of hit a, a wall but i and i need to go back and look at it but i if i remember correctly early on in the um in the spring split here that we had i think i had said that billy billy gaming had a lot of potential based on what i was seeing early if they could just like put things together um Mm -hmm. and i'll I I'll double check myself on it because I don't want to be like, Oh, I called it all along. If I was like talking out my ass, but I I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I was pretty impressed with them early in the LPL spring split and to see them like progress kind of as they have to this point in MSI, I've, Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed watching them. I mean, Bin was kind of the, big player on this team at the start of the spring split. Yep. Shun, Yigao, elk on like none of them were these big star stud players that have had these illustrious careers. Like someone like three, six, nine night ruler. Those guys are, are known throughout the league of legends world. They're, they're common names along Kanavi and missing are, are, not too far behind them but Mm -hmm. um but the the blg side i did not feel like had this star power and i've been just super impressed by by their progression and growth throughout the season to i mean beat the top two teams in the lck go to the finals of msi um hold their own decently well against a very very good jdg squad um Uh, It was it was a fun tournament to watch, and I'm excited now for uh, the summer split, then looking way down the road towards Worlds.
0: Well, I agree. And here's like here's the other wrinkle is another team that had to start in the play ins gets pretty far in the tournament. I wonder if that's because they have more games in and you know what i mean like could be
1: a component i mean they they got more opportunities to test stuff in that environment like mm -hmm. it's very possible that that gave them a little bit of a leg up at least i would say at least into the initial stages of the um of the group stage i think sure you when you look at it um No, I'm saying
0: you don't want to be number one confirmed. Not number one seed, not number two seed. You want to be the three seed. Well, I mean, J.D.G. won it all, though. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. I'm just saying best shot as an underdog to get to the end. You want to be like second or third seed. It's fair.
1: or you get your first you get a EU and an NA team in your first couple rounds. There so, you go. Just uh, get a
0: just get a free SM in the I mean uh sorry, uh Free uh, Nine No, no, free nine. Uh free nine, <laughs> three, yeah, there you go.
1: Three oh C nine, three one G two. Um so yeah. Billy Billy Gaming had a they, they had cupcakes early on their schedule, but no, uh, they they performed really well, and I loved seeing. Uh, I mean, it was I was shocked to see them beat both Je- not only beat G, but three of them to then also go on and beat T1. I mm. was I was very surprised by both of those, and with that, it, very impressed with the team. So LPL. World's winners confirmed, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think that would be a good um, extrapolation. But yeah, I thought it was a fun tournament. I thought it was a very exciting kind of final stages. Um, and the production felt like it kind of matched the energy of these matches. Um, it was like pretty hype there at the end. A lot of uh, a lot of storylines that they were able to bring in. So yeah, overall, this was like the best MSI and call me crazy but crazy right get money out of me bro like i would pay for that like if it meant more tournaments i would pay for like 15 bucks at like the start oh you know what i mean easily yeah
1: Yeah, like that that would be it would be when i think of things like that it's like by the time the it's like when i pay for a hotel room for vacation way ahead of time by the time Mm -hmm. i get to the hotel room like it's already paid for and i'm like oh this is like a free vacation like i'm already worried about but like i'll throw 15 20 bucks at something early on and by the time tournaments come around i won't even remember that i did that like it's fine
0: exactly but (laughs) then like But then you're like supporting and then there's, you know, a a way to make it continue. So, yeah, I think that was like that was that was something worth watching. That was fun.
1: Oh, absolutely. And also just to to speak about one more player ruler, um, we talked about him a little bit, but he I I would say has kind of um, solidified himself in that uh, kind of best of all time group that's up there um i mean he's uh come in second at worlds he's coming first at worlds he's won lck multiple times he's won lpl now he's won mm-hmm. msi like this mm-hmm. man's this man's trophy shelf is getting uh getting pretty large and so i i just have to give him a shout out because he's uh just consistently played so well for so long um it, it's been very impressive and so uh big shout out to Ruler with um with his performances I was I was very impressed with uh him and the rest of JD Gaming throughout the tournament.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I mean, he has done it on the most competitive stages. And yeah, I I don't think there is much arguing as far as 80 carries go that he's like one of the most decorated now.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're like the fact that just anyone winning LCK and LPL. Yeah. That's, um, that's wild. Yeah. And and to do it in essentially back to back splits, one Mm -hmm. LCK uh, in the summer, uh, summer split, and then one LPL in the spring split. Mm -hmm. That's not something you see too too commonly um but a an awesome tournament i was i loved the double elimination format i think that was a, an awesome change big props big to riot country. i would love to see that for worlds just with the round robin stage added in bigger tournament i kind of think they would I expect them to do that anyway, so I would mm-hmm. love to see them kind of keep this uh, similar format and, and move that forward into Worlds. Sure.
0: Dude, so. another thing that you get with high-level League of Legends is the casters start feeling like it's the time to use the term auto-spacing because this is obviously the only time that players are put in a position to perfectly auto-space, but... Well, this is the
1: only time that you get the quality of players who even can.
0: <laughs> well, and and there are few scenarios where, like, that's the thing that matters, but there were a couple of instances, and Azale, like, called it out beautifully, where Ruler was, like, right on the outside of Elk, I believe, on where i think ruler was on jinx elk was on a and playing just right outside of that range where he made just elk look silly like doing that like walk back and forth where they never got you, in range to auto attack you mean orb walking yes exactly <laughs> and it actually was pretty beautiful and for them to call it out on the cast and whatever like yeah to like yeah it is a meme to a degree but in well, that moment it was like oh whoa that like won them the fight
1: and it's impressive to see them like uh, like i i give a lot more props to them for noticing those things during the live cast than yes. someone going back and doing a like vod review and being like okay now rewatch this and everything like that and and that like talks about good casters like we were talking about earlier azale's high on my list i i think he does Pay a time. phenomenal job he's awesome. um azale captain flowers freak's grown on me over the years a little bit he's not as analytical but definitely brings like uh good energy to to mm-hmm. the broadcast and everything but um but yeah, Zale is super knowledgeable and really like well spoken about like what Big he's time. talking about. So yeah, that's um, a, that's
0: a huge piece of it. Yeah, so I enjoy uh, enjoy listening to him on the the broadcast as well. So yeah, just a little funny note to close uh, the MSI conversations.
1: Yeah, uh, you gotta love it, man. You gotta love the orb, orb walking, auto spacing. Any sort of niche James term that you can throw in there, like any niche uh, uh, buzzword, just yeah. throw them all in there. Just get all the fans amped, like.
0: That's for me, that was for me. I know yeah. what he means.
1: Just just throw underhand like little lobs mm. for for the fans to just knock out of the park, but yeah, um <laughs> but yeah, I guess any uh any final notes we've got on m s i before um leading into uh i guess we're we're bringing it into the flavor of the week now we We don't have any magic this week unless there were any other notes you had before we uh wrap things up.
0: Not really. I just wanted to maybe just like a couple cl- like final thoughts on the uh CS:GO Major uh sure. at Paris just if if people are inclined to go back and watch the Apex run through the tournament was really exciting. Um there were a couple players who haven't been at the like quarters or semi stages before or they haven't been there in a long while and mm-hmm. then as an org it was their first time to do it and they had a they had their in-game leader his name's kicks who i believe this is i believe this was his first time at a lan event doing that role and apex mm-hmm. like makes a really deep run they make it all the way to the semifinals against vitality um so i think from like a storyline perspective, Apex was really fun to watch in the tournament, and then from like a winning team perspective, bro, like say what you want about Apex, say what you want about Zywoo, like yeah, like that's cool. Honestly, the two players that impressed me the most on the team were Magisk and Spinx. The way so Magisk is their like anchor site player, so he's the okay. guy that's got to hang off by himself. And the amount of, like, I'm telling you, like, two for ones that he was able to come out on top with.
1: So much of that. Wow. I would be so bad. It's so impressive to me being able to, like, I'm saying. No, 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 I'm I'm with you. I, like, I would be ass at that. I Mm -hmm. cannot. I have no, no attention span to be trying to track two different people or directions that, that, like, no shot. That's, that's, very very impressive
0: so i think from that perspective you're right because i would be terrible at it too from that perspective i think magisk was really fun to watch like he really was a a cornerstone of the vitality like uh ct side so i thought that was like very cool and then Spinx on the lurks was wild the amount of times the feed would just cut to him and he was just like deep in mid with like two enemy players like right ahead and you're just like oh this is the round i guess and just bam bam backstab and now like the rounds there's they rush the site they get the plan or whatever like the amount of times he was just in the feed just way behind enemy lines was very impressive that he was able to like find the space um so from the winning team perspective, those two players were really fun to watch. But going all the way back to the Sponge machine conversation, if you wanna hear like a really fun cast, Apex versus uh Team Liquid in the quarters, that was really fun. Just like from a casting perspective. Because nice. Apex just goes off. Um So those are just my closing thoughts for the uh, Blast TV Major, Paris. But yeah, we can get into the flavor of the week, sir.
1: Sounds good. Uh, But yeah, I'll have to go check that out. I didn't get to catch much of the tournament, but I do love CSGO too. So I'll uh, I'll have to check it out. Um, But for my flavor of the week, for uh, my food this week, uh, tonight for dinner, so short backstory i promise i'll keep it short but a few weeks ago i had to go to the doctor they did blood work and yada 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 um and apparently your boy has high cholesterol sure. <laughs> so uh they're, Yo like, boy. That's they're like you gotta cut back on the red meats and this and that and so colleen and i were like all right, like we'll like start eating some more fish and things. So uh, I made a really solid uh, like lemon butter tilapia tonight. I did the, I zested the lemon onto the Let's tilapia go. before you throw it in the oven. I did the whole thing, um, nice. put that with the, a little lemon butter sauce over rice with mm. um, with some green beans on the side. And so that was uh, it was good and it was healthy for me there you and go my uh my my cholesterol uh <laughs> your ticker healthy man i'm doing my best man but uh my music this week is uh so a couple of just a uh, shout out to a couple of artists who remind me a lot of mac who i think is at this point kind of become Maybe my favorite artist between it's tough between him and Kendrick and and Billy sure. Joel, you know, the big three, the um, big three in my <laughs> mind, too. Uh, but uh, Squid the Kid, I had talked about him a few uh, yeah. few weeks ago, but also Coda the Friend, another uh, another kind of younger guy who has that very like laid back relaxed style of rap like nice flows very clean with their vocals and everything you're like nice good uh good flow good wordplay and everything so um i i've enjoyed listening to them both a little bit and all um mixing up my my music so shout out to them code of the friend and squid the kid uh and then for my visual medium we're bringing it down to the gutter with some trash reality television. Uh, Colleen and I are um, kind of go-to like background. Like we don't have to pay attention, but we can and watch. And it'll be like just good enjoyment. Sure. Sell- Funny, fun. Selling Sunset is back with their nice. their season just as much drama as ever from these rich yes. rich people who are getting hundred thousand dollar commissions on selling a single house and yada yada they're just all always crazy always going at each other um you gotta love it good trash tv just it, it gets me every now and then so uh so had to to shout that out for
0: my flavor of the week, uh
1: but that does wrap it out for me
0: very cool uh a little bit of a uh, little bit of gutter living not oh, yeah. uh, not terrible you know uh so i'm 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 happy to hear that you guys are enjoying it. My visual medium here for the week is more what i'm looking forward to i've had a title in the back of my head for a while. And I keep, like, checking to, like, see if it's on, like, the services. I find it. See, I have to rent it. So, I'm like, I'll save you. Um, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Okay. The animated film. Have you ever seen it? I have
1: not. But, uh, so, I never, I have not played a single Final Fantasy. I know shame on me. I, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, my, I'm... So a couple, uh, Willie and my other buddy, Tyler. Uh, so my two, my two Tylers, uh, both fiends when it comes to, um, uh, <laughs> to Final Fantasy sure. played like all the games. They're like just deep, deep in it and everything. But uh, so I've like watched them play the games, but I, mm-hmm. I, that's about where it ends for me with Final Fantasy
0: hey fair enough um that's a little more than I've been exposed but the the animated film called Advent Children is beautiful and wonderfully done uh you don't even really have to have much of a predisposition to the characters it like does a lot for you um it's just a really good watch and i I haven't seen it in a long time so it's like been in the back of my head the like I think I've had the Sephiroth theme in my head as well, uh, so that makes gotcha. me think of the think of the movie. So I want to watch that, and I also have Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania on my list. It's out on <laughs> Disney Plus now, so we'll get into the next chapter in they call it the multiverse saga. Um, so I'm quite excited for that, but. Uh, That is my visual medium, my food here. We did Chicken Wraps at Home, Um, the P.F. Chang's uh, Lettuce Chicken Wraps. They have like a little thing, like a sauce that you can do it at home. So we did that. Those are banging. And then my music here for the week. It's a song that I've heard a bunch, and it's a song that like plays in my head meatloaf's paradise by the dashboard light it was uh it was on the radio on on my way home and there's something really fun about a um like a like a rock opera in that kind of way where you have like a story a conversation and uh so yeah i was enjoying that on my on my little drive this morning so uh what a pig love it (laughs)
1: <laughs> meatloaf is uh is not something that comes up onto my radar that frequently. It's so good, man. It's I,
0: really good.
1: I i won't knock it until I try it, but from what I've eaten of Meatloaf, I don't know if the music's for me, but hey, fair enough, man. Nah, fair nah, enough. I'm <laughs> <not>. <laughs> but uh but yeah, that does uh of course bring us to the end of this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we appreciate everyone for, for listening as always and spending some time with us. Uh, so thank you for, for doing this, uh, doing that for us, um, and, and joining us, but, uh, check us out on YouTube, hit us up on Twitter at tall and short of one, the number one, you can find us on Google podcasts, Spotify. Um, but yeah, we, we really appreciate you guys week after week. We love, uh, love putting this out there. So.
0: Tell your friends new episodes every Thursday. Get them hot and fresh. Uh, We, yeah, uh, we just appreciate you listening every week. Uh, Thank you very much. This has been another episode of the Tall and Short of It podcast. Peace out, everyone. See ya.